Sing out with us now.
awesome singing. You may be seated. Well, let us pray. Father, we come to you today and we just thank you, Lord, that you are our strong God. Lord, that you are the one that can do all things, that no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, no matter what's taking place, Father, that we can cry out to you, that we can call on you, and, and Lord, you will be there. You'll hear our cry. Lord, you'll move on our behalf. And, and God, today we come together as a people that, that have needs. Lord, as we have people that are in person, those that are online, God, there's, there's not one of us that doesn't have a need for you in our life. And, and Lord, whether we realize it or not, you're the one that can meet that need. And, and whatever that need looks like, whatever that need might feel like right now, God, I pray that you would just begin to work in the hearts and lives of each and every one of us. And, and God, that you would help us to trust you, to call out to you, and to know that when we feel like we're at our weakest, God, you're still at your strongest and you're still at your best. God, help us to call out to you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Well, hey, I want to welcome you to Harmony today, and I want to thank you for gathering with us. Whether you're in person or online, we want to thank you for being a part of our opportunity together today. And there's a lot of things that are going to be taking place not only today, but in the weeks ahead that we want to quickly uh, tell you about and share some things with you. But one of the things that I want to let you know right away is if you're a guest online or in person, you are extremely important to us, and we want to thank you for being here. And if you're in person and today is your first time or maybe the second time, we want to encourage you to stop by the Connection Center before you leave today. Uh, fill out a Connect card, and we would, again, just like to be able to say thank you for being here and being a part of our gathering and our worship service today. We have a gift that we would love to send home with you, uh, and, and we'd just like the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. If you're online, you can do the, the same thing. You just let us know uh, in the chat section, make a comment, hey, I'm a first-time guest, and we will connect with you as we go throughout the week, and we'll send out a gift to you uh, as well if you let us know uh, that you're a guest with us today. Uh, the other thing that goes along with that is this. If you've got a prayer request, we believe in the power of prayer. Uh, we don't just pray at the beginning of a service or periodically throughout the service. Uh, and say, hey, that's, that's our prayer time this week. Uh, we pray for those requests as we go throughout the week. So on that Connect card, uh, you can fill that out digitally. Uh, if you're online, you can fill that out digitally here. You, you can just connect. Uh, it's, it's in the app. You can let us know about your prayer request and the things that you might be in, in need of prayer for. And we would love the opportunity uh, to be able to pray with you and for you about whatever might be taking place in your life because we believe uh, in the power of prayer and that prayer may makes a difference in the hearts and lives of God and his people. I want to let you know that uh, we have a prayer workshop that is coming up on Saturday, okay? A prayer workshop led by Becky Reagan, and I believe that it's going to be a blessing in your life. You'll be able to get more information uh, after the service. Get registered for that. There's a workshop uh, that it, it costs $15, but with that $15, uh, you're going to get a few hours of teaching that from the heart that'll make a difference in, in your heart and in your life. You're also going to get the book that Becky authored uh, just a, about prayer and how prayer makes a difference. And understand this. 
Uh, Becky is, is going to present things from a, a standpoint of not that if you ask God and if you're perfect and you have a great faith that you're going to get whatever you want, because uh, that's not what the Bible teaches and that's not what she's going to go ahead and, and uh, challenge us with in her workshop. She's going to say, look, when we have a heart for God and we become more like him and we trust him more, then we're going to experience more of his blessings. Uh, but, but the whole concept is this, the more of God that we get in our life and the more that we desire a relationship with him uh, and to grow in that, the better our life is going to be. The more we know him, here's what happens. The more we trust him with when it feels like things are going our way and when it feels like things aren't going our way. We can begin to see the goodness of God in both of those settings. So I want to encourage you uh, to get signed up for that uh, if you are not uh, yet signed up and anticipating that. Uh, it'll be a good time, and uh, that kicks off next Saturday morning, 8.30, and it'll run till about noon, and I promise you it'll be a good time, and it's open to anyone that would like to attend. So sign up today uh, before you leave at, at the end of the service. Now we've got a special video announcement that is for all the ladies of Harmony, all the ladies in the community. Please pay close attention. Hello, Hello, ladies of Harmony of Avon. My name is Mia Kane, and I'm one of the co-founders, hosts, and musicians for Aspire Women's Events. Our team is so very excited to be heading to your church, and we can't wait to fellowship with all of you. Aspire is a one-night event that's not just filled, but it is overflowing with laughter, learning stories and music to encourage you and equip you. It is an amazing, fun-packed girls' night out. It's an event that's also an opportunity for you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers to hear biblical truth, to be refreshed and to laugh. This is a great event where your church can continue to be a light in the community. On March 12th in Avon, we have Bible teacher, author, and speaker, Debbie Alsdorf, comedian, Amberly Neese, and music by Lindsay McCall. Hi, I'm Debbie Alsdorf, and I'm a Bible teacher and an author with Aspire Women's Events. And I love it when women get together because my heart is to encourage women to live a better story. And I do that by teaching God's word in a way that will make it practical and applicable to every woman that comes. I hope you'll come out and join us because when we get together, not only do we have fun, but we have fellowship, we have music, and we have the word of truth, which there is nothing like that. I hope to see you at an Aspire in your area. I love the idea of Aspire. The truth is, I think it should be called Respire because the truth is it brings life and it breathes life into the people who come. Great worship, amazing time of Bible teaching, and we laugh. We have a great time and we can't wait to see you there. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your mother-in-law. God bless you and we'll see you there. Don't delay. Make plans today to join us for this one night women's event with our amazing team of Bible teachers, comedians, and musicians. Get your tickets, maybe even surprise someone and get them a ticket too, and we'll see you there. And you can find more information about the Aspire Conference at the back table after the service. I encourage you ladies to do that. Go ahead and stand back up with us this morning. As we've been talking about prayer, I want you to understand that when we do pray, a lot of times God doesn't change our circumstance, but he changes us from the heart level. The next two songs is all about that, understanding that God wants to work in your life and that you're a child of the God if you've accepted him and a savior. So sing with me as we sing this about the chain breaker. 
If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Oh, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. When there's a better life, there's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. Chain. He's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you conceive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, you'll receive it. If you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, you'll receive it. If you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, you'll receive it. If you can't feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you've got pain, He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Oh, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains. He's a chain breaker. I can remember back in 1970, long time ago, when I realized I had chains of sin in my life that I needed broken. That's when I asked Jesus to be my savior, all the way down in Hazelwood, Indiana. You know where that is, right? You go there on vacation. But the day I accepted Jesus was the day I was redeemed. If you've not done that, today's your day. Think about the words of this song. He can break the chains of sin in your life and you can be redeemed this morning. Sing with me right here. Seems like all I could see was the struggle. On 
haunted by ghosts that lived in my past. Bound up in shackles of all my Is this gonna last? Then you look at this prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting a fight that's already been won. I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. Now I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. All my life I have been called. shame and regret but when I hear you whisper child lift up your head I remember oh God you're not done with me yet I am redeemed you set me free So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain, I'm not who I used to be, because I don't have to be the old man inside of me, because his day is long dead and gone, because I've got a new name, a new life, I'm not the same, and a hope that will care. set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains wipe away every stain cause I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed you set me free so I'll shake off these chains wipe away every stain because i'm not who i used to be oh god i'm not who i used to be jesus i'm not who i used to be i am redeemed Say this to him this morning. Thank God, redeem.
Let's pray, church. Dear God, we come before you today humbled, and some of us have very, very heavy hearts. Lord, you know every person in here and the needs that they represent. Some are grieving and trying to figure out how to carry on from this time without someone that they loved so dearly, Lord. Others have just broken hearts, and we're, we're all broken in some way, lots of us in many ways. We ask that you would come down and fill every crack of our hearts with your love and your wisdom. Lord, give us guidance. Be with Jonathan as he brings the message that you have given to him, Lord, to help us grow and to love you more. Help us to be hope and light everywhere we go because within probably six feet of each of us is somebody that is very, very much needing to know that you love them and that we love them. So help us to be that person that reaches out and is is the one that can just impart your love and your light. And God, thank you for being who you are and accepting us as we are. Help us to become better servants of yours and to love you more every single day. Thank you for just being you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, as we go through life, we look at churches and we look at stories in the Bible and we wonder if those people really have anything in, in common with us. We, we look at, at people like in the book of Acts and, and we see so many things taking place and, and we, we wonder and we ask ourselves this question, do we really have anything that connects us with them? Do, do they have anything in, in common with me? Is there an aspect of life that we've walked together, that we, we have shared together? And as we begin to, to really look at people in the Bible, here's one of the things that, that we discover. It doesn't matter whether we find them in Genesis or the book of Acts or whether we're reading about some of the things in the latter portions of the New Testament. They were all people just like you and, and me, people who had struggles, people who had faults and failures, people that were searching. Yet, here's the one thing that we can have in common with them as well, is that when they found Jesus, for, for many of them, they knew that their search was over. And today, when we find Jesus, here's what, what we discover, that our search is over, and, and, and that we found the one that, that has everything that we need. The only thing is, is we need more of what he has to offer each and every day in our life. And as we've gone throughout the book of Acts, we have discovered multiple times that these are common, ordinary people who have the faults and failures and the struggles of life. And, and here's what, what's taking place, is they're praying and they're asking God for help and they're, they're trusting God and they're saying, would you please help me? I need more of you in my life. Well, today we look at a, a passage of scripture and, and, and we're going to continue in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 14, but we're going to look at another passage and in the coming weeks we're, we're going to be looking at just how these acts begin to change our life, what they, what they offer, what they do, how they begin to help things uh, unfold. In Acts chapter 1, we see a, a passage of scripture where the Bible says this, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the, the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with 
his brothers. It says they, they continued. They, they continued in, in prayer. I want to jump over to, to Acts chapter 2. And, and in Acts chapter 2, they've, they've continued in prayer. There's been a, a, a message that has been given by, by Peter, and all kinds of exciting things are happening. And we look at verse number 41, and, and here's what it says. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and in breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When, when you look at the passages that we, we just read and we walk down through them as we're going to today, we've, we've got this picture of, of common, ordinary people that, that have struggles, and, and Jesus has just called them out and said, hey, I want you to come and follow me, and those were his original disciples, guys like Matthew and Peter and James and John, and, and we know that, that Peter had... had problems, right? We know that on more than one occasion, he corrected Jesus. How many of you know that when you correct Jesus, you have a problem, right? I mean, that, that's just what, what happens. Yet, yet we look at Peter and we say, man, he corrected Jesus. That, that takes a lot of nerve. How could, he, how could he do something like that? Yet many times we correct him in our life, right? We, we go ahead and, and, and we try and straighten him out and, and tell him how to do the things that we think he, he ought to do. Well, well that was, was Peter, when we look at, at Matthew, Matthew was a, a guy that sat at the receipt of custom as, as the, the scriptures record it, which just means this. He was a tax collector who would take anything he wanted from people as they passed by any time he wanted. And if you were to look up Matthew and, and his kind in the, the day of Jesus, here's what you would, would, would just get a synopsis. They would say, wow, they were really scum of the earth people, right? They, they just weren't loved. They weren't well liked. They, they were, were not accepted. But Jesus said, I want you to come and follow me. Jesus called a guy in Peter who he knew would correct him and try and say, no, Jesus, you've got it all wrong. He said, I want you to come and follow me. He called a, a guy in, in Matthew who other people would say, wow, there's nothing lovable in him or about him. But Jesus walked by and said, hey, hey, Matthew, I want you to come and I want you to follow me. And he did that over and over and over. And just before he leaves, he gives this group of men a message. He said, I want you to understand that I'm leaving the hope of the world with you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait. And there's going to come a day and come a moment when the Holy Spirit is going to descend. And when the Holy Spirit descends, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have the power to be a witness in Jerusalem. You know all those people that wonder whether I'm alive or not? And whether I was real or not, you're going to get the opportunity to, to tell them, this Jesus, he's real. 
And, and then after that, you're, you're going to get the opportunity just to, to move out from Jerusalem into Judea. And then it's going to go to Samaria. I mean, all those people that, that many people really don't like because they're, they're a, a, a mixed ethnicity and, and, and they think, man, we don't, we don't even want to talk to them. You're going to get the opportunity to be a witness to them. And it's just going to continue and continue. But he says, you are not on your own. And Jesus ascends into heaven. And they stand there and they're, they're watching, they're, they're looking up, and then there's an angel that appears and says, look, you guys have a job to do. Just as he's going up, he's going to return, and, and he's going to return sooner than, than, than what you might think. And here's what they do. They, they didn't call a, a meeting and, and try and understand everything and, and figure it all out. They went back to a place that was familiar they went back to the, the one habit that they said, Jesus, something is different in your life when you pray, and we want you to teach us how to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? They went back, and they began to pray. And as they prayed, God moved, and the, the Holy Spirit came down. And as the Holy Spirit came down, Peter stands up and preaches a message, and, and people are mesmerized by it, and they're in awe. And then the Bible says that 3,000 people came to know Christ at that moment. And it just continued on and continued on and continued on. It was pretty amazing as to what's taking place. But how did it take place? Common, ordinary people started participating in prayer. They started participating in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know one of the sad things in our world today is there's a lot of spectators. A lot of people that could be looking on and participating, yet they're just spectating. Today is Pro Bowl Sunday, and in just a, a short time, there's going to be a, a football game that, that kicks off, and it's going to have the best and the brightest not really, because the Super Bowl is next week, and whoever's playing in the Super Bowl isn't playing today, all right? They, they restructured some things, but, but, but it's going to be the best of the best in many situations. Fans have voted them in, coaches have nominated them, and, and, and people are going to say, wow, there's something amazing taking place, and 65,000 plus people are going to fill up the stadium Millions are going to tune in and watch it in some type of digital format, and here's what's going to happen. They're going to watch 22 people going up and down a field. And they're going to say, man, wasn't that great? They're going to say, you know what, I don't know why he threw that pass. They're, they're, they're going to say, you know what, when I played, I would have done this. That they're they're going to make a, a comment somewhere along the, the line that, that it just didn't turn out like they thought it should turn out. Or they're going to say, man, it turned out exactly like I knew it was going to turn out. But, but regardless, there's going to be 22 people, for the most part, on every play, carrying the load and doing the work. But there's going to be millions sitting and watching. And do you know what happened in the moment of the passage of scripture that we just read, 
People said, I'm tired of just spectating and wondering about this Jesus thing. I'm ready to get connected. I'm ready to get involved. I'm ready to go ahead and and put on my relationship with Jesus in my life and begin to do something for him. You see, in Acts chapter 2, we read that 3,000 people came to know Christ. Historians tell us this, that by the end of the first century, there was more than 100,000 Christ followers. Now, now when when they were trying to stop the church, when they were trying to keep it from growing and and keep the gospel from spreading, it's pretty amazing, 100,000 Christ followers. But but do you know what the the Bible tells us? It tells us that that the gospel continued to spread, and no matter how hard they tried to contain it, they couldn't. Now historians, we we go back and, and we look, and by 300 A.D., there were 6 million Christ followers. We, we go back and, and we look at 350, and some estimates would say that there was nearly 20 million Christ followers by that time. And today, 2,000 plus years later, there's about 2.1 billion Christ followers worldwide. People that said, I don't want to spectate and watch what somebody else is doing. I want to get connected. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of what's taking place. When we begin to look at what happened in those passages of Scripture that we just read, Jesus said, look, men, you followed me for three years. I'm leaving now, and I'm going to send you a helper. And it's time for you to do more than what you think you can do. It's time for you to be the salt and light that we talked about. It's time for you to be the the light of the world that that I gave that parable about and you were trying to, to, to figure out. Now is your time. Now is your moment to, to be able to go out there and do what I've called you to do and what I have equipped you to do. So here's what happens. They they take a, a moment and they pray. Now, the Bible says that they continued in prayer. Why is that so important? Now, I want you to get this. As they continued in prayer, they were focused on Jesus. Let me ask you this. What does it mean to be focused on, on Jesus? When they continued in prayer, it means that they were focused on Jesus, but, but what does that mean? In the midst of their uncertainties, in the midst of their questions, in the midst of trying to figure everything out, they had a choice, and here's what they chose to do. They said, look, Jesus told us, to, to wait on him. So rather than wait and worry, we're going to wait and pray. Rather than wait and wonder if we can make anything of this or not, we're going to wait and we're going to believe that he is who he says he is and that we're supposed to do what he has called us to do and instructed us to do. They didn't sit around and, and watch what other people were doing. They didn't say, look, there's something else going on that we could spectate in and be an onlooker in. They said, no, we want to go participate in this thing called prayer. And as they began to participate in this thing called prayer, Peter stands up and, and, and begins to deliver a message on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, things began to change, and a movement is taking place because they chose in the midst of the difficulties and circumstances of life to focus on prayer. When they continued in prayer, they were focusing on Jesus. Let let me ask you today, what has your attention? What has your attention? You see, for some of the people that are 
are going to watch the Pro Bowl in a little bit. You know what has their attention? Their favorite player. For some people, they're going to say, man, what, what do the uniforms and the helmets look like this year? For other people, they, 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 they're, they're, they're looking forward to next week. Not, not because they're concerned about the Super Bowl, but they're concerned about the commercials on the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's a whole different industry. But, but people are going to watch it, and they're going to they're look at it, and they're going to say, man, what, what's taking place there? And, and their focus is on multiple things, yet, yet, yet their focus may not be on what's really taking place in the setting, in the situation. It might not be on the intended purpose and, and what really matters. I get in this life that it's easy for us to lose focus. It's easy for us to become enamored by the things that are going on around us or disheartened by the things that are going on around us. Yet, this group of people that have followed Jesus, that have given everything to him, have walked away from their businesses, have said, look, we're, we're going to follow you. That This is it. Now that he is ascending into heaven and now that they're trying to, to figure out so much, what, what did they do? They continued in prayer. And when they continued in prayer, they focused on Jesus. Now, when, when we look and, and see that they continued in prayer and they focused on, on Jesus, we look at another aspect that takes place. Peter stands up and preaches a message. and He tells them, this same Jesus that you crucified, that this, this same Jesus, I mean, it's Jesus all the way through. But when... He comes to verse number 40. It says, In many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. He says, I want you to be saved from this generation that's trying to take you away from the one that will save you. That this one that's trying to lead you astray. And it says, Then they who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And then here's what it says. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Let, let's take a, a look at, at that. It says that they continued in prayer. When they continued in prayer, they were focused on Jesus. But when they continued in prayer, they were connected to the truth. You see, one of the reasons that that they couldn't contain the church, and they couldn't stop the church, and there was 100,000-plus Christ followers before the end of the first century, and, and there was millions as, as we get into 300, and then 350, even more than that, and today, 2.1 billion-plus followers of Christ. One of the reasons that that takes place is because people were praying, and in their er efforts to pray, the Bible says that they were connected to truth. You see, one of the reasons we need to move from being a spectator to a participator, one of the reasons that we need to get involved and we need to have a life of prayer is because we need to be connected to truth. It says when they continued in the apostles' doctrine, the, the apostles' doctrine, what is it? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection 
of Jesus. That's, that's what it is. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. That, that Jesus is the truth. That Jesus is the way. That he is the life. That, that his word is true. When we begin to, to look at our culture today, even in the midst of Christianity, and we might as well talk about it, right? That, that there is a tendency for people to say, well, you know what? I believe most of it. Can, can I tell you something? Jesus did not die for your sin and for my sin so that we could say, look, I want to follow you and I'm going to trust you with my salvation. And I'm going to trust you for eternity. But you know what? I think you got it wrong over here. I, I, I think you strayed. I, I'm not certain about your word. I'm not certain about that, that truth. We, we, we pick and choose. And you say, John, I'm, I'm not certain that, that we do that. Where are you living? I don't, I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a difficult way or sarcastic way. It's unfolding all across every community, across the, the, the world. We're, we're saying, look, I, I like this part, but I, but I don't like that part. I, I like this today, and today I feel this way, and tomorrow I might feel that way. And it's a never-ending situation and cycle in life. And, and here's the reality. They were connected to truth. Do you understand that today is not the first time this has been a problem? The Bible says in Isaiah 59, 14, it says, and the truth is down in the street. What does it mean? It means that people were ignoring the message of Isaiah. It means that they were ignoring the truth of God and who he is. Yet when we look at the early church, they said, look, in order for us to be what God wants us to be, in order for us to do what God has called us to do and where he's guiding us and leading us, we have to be connected to truth. We've got to stay connected to Jesus and the truth of who Jesus real, really is. And can I tell you today, it's, it's absolutely no different. It's no different at all. I get that there's a lot of hard things in God's word. I get that there's some things that we might struggle to understand. I get that there's some things that make us uncomfortable at times. But I'm going to tell you something. Whether it's hard for us to get, whether it makes us uncomfortable or not, here's the reality. It is truth. It's truth. And it's just that simple. I may not feel like the law of gravity is in effect today, but I'm going to tell you something. It is. It is. And the reality is this. God's word is true. It's true for you. It's, it's true for me. And when the apostles continued to teach the doctrine and, and these converts were coming around, it says they continued in that they wanted more of it. Let me ask you something. Are you content in life? Some of you are, are, are looking and, and you're thinking, you know what, I, I really don't know. Did you know what it means to be content? Content means to desire more of what you already have. To be content means that, that we want more of, of what we already have. 
The concept of being content doesn't mean that, that we just say, hey, now I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to turn my wanter off and I'm never going to want for anything else. The content of being content means that as a Christ follower, we are to desire more of what we already have in Jesus. And that's exactly what was taking place. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the truth the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. His love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his ability to change a life. They were seeing it everywhere and they continued in that. You see, when they continued in prayer, they were connected to the truth. Let me ask you this. What are you doing to stay connected to the truth? What, what are you doing to let the truth be real in your life today? See, one of the things that we have to, to desire is more of it. We have to, to want more of that truth. They, they continued in it. They said, man, the, the closer I get to Jesus, the, the, the better it is. The more that I know him and, and, and trust him, the, the greater my life becomes. Can I tell you, if, if it worked for, for them, it, it'll work for, for you and I. We, we just got to be willing to, to let it. You see, we take the truth in because we're supposed to live the truth out. That's, that's why it matters. You notice something else as they were continuing in prayer. You know, you know what they, they did? They, they focused on Jesus and people came to Jesus and they were connected to the truth. But, but you know what else took place? That They were connecting in community. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They were creating community. The Bible says that there was fellowship. But what, what does that mean? Fellowship is, is just a, a word that, that means you're working together towards a common cause. I, I mean, in, in the church world, sometimes somebody says fellowship. Everybody that likes to eat says, I'm in. Sign me up. I, 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 I'm there. And, and, and the reality is, is this, that may be a part of it, that might be a, a slice of it, but, but the concept of, of fellowship, it, it really flows from a word called koinonia, and, and it's to come alongside to encourage. It's to come alongside and to, to work together. So they continued in doctrine, but they continued in fellowship. They continued working together. Do you see that they moved from just being a spectator? They, they moved from... Uh, watching what was going on to becoming a part of what was taking place. And they, they've trusted Christ. They're, they're, they're following Jesus. They're learning more about the doctrine. And they're creating community. Breaking of bread means they were spending time together. Some are, are going to debate and, and say, no, this was communion, clearly. And other people are going to say, wow, no, they were eating together, gathering for a meal. Can I tell you something? The whole point of the passage is not for you and I to figure out exactly what they were doing together. The point is this. They were continuing together, and they were sharing resources and sharing efforts, and they're saying we've got a, a common cause that's ahead of us, in front of us, and we need to take that in. The Bible says that they were having a celebration that was common together, that common needs were taken care of, that they had prayers with and, and for each other. How did they create that kind of community? 
How did they create that kind of community, a community that was centered on Christ? Well, after they came to Christ, they continued in Christ. They continued in Christ, continued in his, his truth. You see, knowing Jesus is extremely important, but, but continuing in his truth helps to create the community that we often long for. People want somebody that, that understands them. People want somebody that, that cares about them. People want somebody that will, will come alongside of them. They, they did those things. They did it together. They were living life together, centered on the truth of Jesus and who he is. Isn't it amazing when we look through a passage like this, here's what we discover. When people prayed, people came to know Christ. People got saved. They continued in truth. They created community. Do you know what? All of those are next steps. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. If you know Jesus and you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. If, if you need to know more about the truth in, in, in Christ, do, do, you know, do you know what that is? That's continuing in community. We have life groups. We have small group Bible studies that, that meet all throughout our community. Some here, different places. All of those things are opportunities for us to take a next step and to grow in our relationship with Christ. And all of those things are vital in order for you and I to have a life that has changed. You see, there, there's some acts in this life that will change your life. And an act of continuing in prayer will change your life. And it can change somebody else's life. An act of continuing in the truth of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. And linking your life to his truth will change your life. It will change the lives of those around you. Creating community. It will strengthen you. It will make your life better. I promise it worked for the early church. But here's something that's absolutely incredible. And, and, and here's what, what's needed. There's a little passage of scripture. And to you and I, it's not that big of a deal. Because we don't necessarily understand Jewish culture. But it says this. So continuing daily with one accord. In the temple. In the temple. The temple was the center for Jewish worship. And I promise you, going down and talking about Jesus was controversial. Because the, the temple represented a, a gathering of people that, that crucified Jesus. And said, hey, he was trying to, to steal our authority. And he was trying to take away from what we've established. Yet, yet here's what happened. They continued in prayer. And by continuing in prayer, there's life change taking place all around. And, and they go into the temple. What, what does that mean? Continuing in prayer helps us to be consistent in public and private. Consistent in public and private. Do, do, you, know, do you know we really need some people that will come and, and worship in, in God's house, and we need some people that will, will worship in their own house, but we need people, Jesus needs people that are consistent in public and in private. It just means that, that as they were learning about Jesus, they were going out and, and they were living that out. They, they, were, they were sharing their faith in a less than accepting environment. One of the things that you're going to find that Paul always did was go to the temple. And he went to the temple and said, have you heard about this guy named Jesus? And it wasn't always accepted, but, 
but people would say, let, let, let's listen, and he would go ahead. And, and, and that's how the, the church continued to grow, is people going out into a place that was not necessarily a friendly environment, but sometimes a hostile environment, said, look, we're going to go and share the truth of who Jesus is. Let, let me ask you something. Are you consistent in public and in private with, with your faith? Are, are, are you taking in God's word so that you can go and live out God's word? You see, when, when they began to take in more of Jesus, they began to share more of him with those that they came in contact with. Let me, let me ask you something. Have you taken that next step of sharing your faith? Because we're living in a, in a world that is hurting and that is broken. And, and can I just tell you this? The answer is, is not going to be found in a, in a political affiliation or a political party. Because they're flawed people, right? No, no, matter, no matter what side it's on. But, but here's the reality. We all have a common hurt. We all have a common struggle. And there's one person that can meet it. And there's one person that can heal it. There's one person that can take care of it. And that one person is named Jesus. And sometimes as Christians, as Christ followers, we have the answer. We celebrate that on Sunday, and, and we can shake our head, and we can nod. But when we go into the marketplace on, on Monday, when our neighbor comes to us in, 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 a, in a crisis, when, when things begin to fall apart, and, and, and other people are looking for answers, sometimes we're hesitant to give them the hope that we have. You see, when we look at the early church, they, they weren't spectating they weren't looking out and, and saying, I wonder if Peter is going to go and do another message like he did the other day. That was something, wasn't it? There wasn't somebody going, man, I think he spent a little too much time on, on this. He should have moved on so, somewhere else. They, they were taking those things and, and living them out themselves in the marketplace of life. Today, we need some, some Christians that will step up and say, look, I, I need to be living my faith out. I, ne I need to be talking about this Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, as we take a look at what happens as we wrap things up, it says this. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness. And simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who should be saved. As they continued in prayer, they were changing the heart. The Bible says that there was gladness. Gladness. There was, there was joy. There was happiness that's, that's beyond the moment. But, but there's something that's, that's interesting in this passage of scripture, and, and it's the word singleness or simplicity. And, and, and it's translated in a, an interesting way, and I'm certainly not a textual critic, and, and I'm, I'm not a, a New Testament Greek scholar, but, but it's just 
used in an interesting way because it, it flows from a, a word that means without rock. It means smooth. It means plain. And I can't help but wonder if focusing on Jesus and focusing on the prayer and focusing on his truth just began to remove the stony soil of their hearts. The problems, the struggles, the issues. And help them to be able to focus on Jesus and who he is more than what had been. Because now their heart is full of joy and gladness. Everybody's heart is full of something. And do you know what we focus on? We focus on what our heart is full of. I kind of get the idea from that word, simplicity and singleness of heart, that it very well could be that as they were connected in prayer and truth and learning more about Jesus and there was community together, the rocks of life began to be removed by the work of the Lord. And their focus began to change. Not because they were perfect, but because they got involved and they began to take next steps and let Jesus do a work in their heart and in their life. Can I tell you something, church? It, it's time, not just for our church, the church as a whole, for all of us to begin to take the next step that we need to take. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to know that Jesus gave his life for you so that you could know him. He gave his life for you to, to pay the penalty for your sin, the sin of the world. And all you have to do is turn unto him. He will save you. Some of you would say, look, I've already done that. Let, let me ask you this. Have you taken that next step of, of baptism? They, they took it there. It's listed the Lord was adding to the church daily. People were getting saved. Then they were following Christ in believer's baptism, which is saying, I'm identifying with Jesus. It was a controversial move. They were saying, I'm identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection publicly in a place that was denying it ever happened. That was their next step. They were connecting in community. They were walking into the temple and boldly sharing their faith. They had simplicity of heart. Their heart was full of joy and gladness because of what Jesus was doing. I want to tell you something today. It's time for us to say, okay, God, what's my heart full of? Let him identify it and then begin to say, okay, Lord, here's what I'm going to let you do in my life. I want to get involved. I want to take my next step. I want to begin to do what you've created me to do. And that's to have a relationship with him and to live for him. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today. And Lord, we need more of you in our life each and every day. So Lord, today I ask that no matter where we're at, no matter what's taking place, no matter what's going on, God, that you would work in our hearts and in our lives, for it's in Christ's name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, real quickly, I want to ask you today, are you certain 
that you know Christ as your Savior. If you're not certain today that you know Christ as your Savior, that there's been a time where you've trusted him to forgive you of your sins, I want to give you that chance today. Right here, right now, if you're not certain, would you just say, dear Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm placing my faith and trust in your death, your burial, and your resurrection to save me from my sin. If you got to want to, to do that in your heart, I want to encourage you to do it right now. Just offer that simple prayer up to, to God. It's not the prayer that saves you. Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already paid the penalty for your sin. He's already risen again. It's just a a statement of faith. God, I'm going to trust you. I want to encourage you to do that if you've never done it. Maybe you're here and you say, John, I've already trusted Christ as my Savior. But quite honestly, honestly there's some things that, that are in the message today that I need to, to work on. Maybe it's that, that continuing in prayer and just making prayer more a part of your life praying for people to, to be saved, praying to be the witness that, that God wants you to be. Maybe it's praying about a truth that, that you're struggling with and, and staying connected to, growing in that deeper. Maybe it's connecting in community, building relationships centered around Jesus and who he is. Maybe it's to, to go into that public place to live your life for Christ in those moments. Whatever your need might be, I just want to encourage you as I pray. I want to encourage you to offer those up to the Lord. Lord, today we ask you to work in hearts and lives. Lord, I ask that you would help us to take next steps. That you would help us to move from just watching other people do things within the church. Watching other people take their next step. Lord, I ask that you would help us to take that next step. And Lord, may we look at our hearts and our minds and honestly ask ourselves the, the question, what is my heart full of? Because when we look at a life that was connected to you in that early church, what we discover is their heart was focused on you and filled with gladness and joy and singleness of heart. You were removing the struggles and the issues. Oh, they had problems, but the internal battles, all the things that cloud up our hearts and crowd you out, you were removing those things. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to start there and to say, Lord, I've got these things going on and begin to take next steps with you in order for you to be able to, to remove those things that are keeping us from fully participating with you, in you, and for you. Help us, we pray. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Well, thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. 
Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.